Welcome to Lead On, a program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. My name is Jeff Orge, and I'm the president of Gateway Seminary. I've been a church planter and a pastor. I've been a denominational ministry executive and worked in various contexts over the years, trying to apply biblical and theological principles to the practical issues of everyday ministry leadership. And so that's what this program is about. We talk about the practical side of ministry leadership, what it takes to really do it well in churches and Christian organizations. Now, ideas for this program come to me in a lot of different ways. I uh, read a lot about ministry leadership and what's going on in our world in that field. I pay attention to surveys and uh, polls and other kinds of information that comes my way. I listen. I listen to ministry leaders uh, in conversations, at conferences, and over lunch, and at meetings, and things like that, uh, picking up on the common problems and challenges and issues that they're facing. But the program today uh, started with an idea that came to me while listening to a chapel message uh, here at our school. This semester, we're using video chapel, and we are teaching through the book of Philippians, and we ask different speakers to take different sections of the book and uh, preach on those verses. Well, one of the sections of Philippians talks about a couple of men, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And of course, Paul wrote the book, so now we have three people in play, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. And the speaker made a great point in his message about the relationships of these three men what we know about those relationships from looking at the biblical material, which helps us understand not only their biographies, but their connections, and then what those relationships model or mean for us going forward. Now, this reminded me of a section of one of my books. A number of years ago, I wrote a book called The Painful Side of Leadership, and it's still very popular uh, today, particularly as it, dress, as it addresses what's encapsulated in the title, The Painful Side of leadership. In that book, I uh, wrote as a part of one chapter about the importance of building a support team, a relationship team, a team of people around you as a ministry leader who really are a part of the emotional bulwark that strengthens you in the painful, difficult, challenging times that every ministry leader inevitably faces. Building this kind of support team, this kind of relational team, is really an essential uh, resource for giving us the kind of strength we need to bear up under the difficulties that we face in ministry leadership. So based on what I heard in the chapel message and based on what I wrote a number of years ago in my book, I've kind of pulled together all of those ideas into to a fresh perspective on what it means to build this kind of team. Now, this is a journey for me. Uh, it's time for some confession. When I started out in ministry leadership, I really operated out of the false concept of the Lone Ranger leader model. I thought that I was an island to myself, that I needed to keep people at a distance. I really didn't want to have any close friends. I didn't want people to know my business. I didn't want to depend on anyone. I really was the Lone Ranger type leader. I was going to take solo responsibility and, of course, solo credit for everything that happened. Well, without going into a lot of detail, that didn't work so well. 
I came to the end of myself and realized that this really wasn't a healthy perspective on leadership. And I started changing my mind about uh, this model of Lone Ranger mentality and moving more toward a, a group or a relational model of ministry leadership and of ministry strength. Part of the discovery of these different models was really a fresh consideration of the biblical models of ministry leadership and the biblical relational models surrounding these very strong individuals that we tend to identify in the Bible and sometimes wrongly identify as these Lone Ranger-type leaders. For example, I discovered that Jesus had 12 disciples, including three that formed an inner circle of relational strength around him. Jesus had his disciples. Paul had a ministry team, men that traveled with him and shared the burden of the gospel. In fact, the only time in the book of Acts that Paul is recorded as being alone and working by himself is also the city where he had the least progress of the gospel. And so that communicated to me that Paul, this great missionary, had a team of people around him that helped make him effective. And then looking into the Old Testament, there was David, who had a band of brothers, a cadre, if you will, of men who surrounded him, supported him, protected him, in fact, even went to war for him. These men were his closest companions and supporters. And so as I looked at just these three examples of Jesus, Paul, and David, I saw that both in Jesus and then an Old Testament and New Testament example of ministry leadership or of spiritual leadership, I saw that there was this team approach, a relational approach, if you will, of people gathered around the leader who gave him strength, wisdom, insight, even power to get the job done. So my perspective has changed. I no longer think of myself as a Lone Ranger leader. I no longer think I can do it all on my own. I now know that I need a support team, a relationship team around me, a group of people who help me to be stronger, uh, to be more effective, to be more uh, spiritually sound and emotionally strong in the leadership responsibilities that I've been given. I want to talk for the rest of the show today about building that kind of team around you if you are a ministry leader. Now, this applies whether you're a pastor or a denominational executive or a ministry executive in some organization or an associate pastor, or even if you're a volunteer leader in a church, this still applies to you. We all need a team around us. We all need a set of relationships that strengthen us. We all need a support team to make us the most effective leaders possible. Now, before I talk about the four kinds of people that you need on your team, let's be honest about what it may take to build this team. First, it may take a while. You accumulate some of the people I'm going to describe in just a moment over a lifetime. For example, one of the people in my life that's on my support team has been there now for almost 50 years. I met this man when I was 12 years old, and he is still a support person to me and a person I can turn to in a moment of need. It may take a while to build the kind of team I'm talking about. You accumulate some of these people 
over a lifetime. Another person I'm going to mention in just a few minutes on my team, I met in 1983 during the first week that I served, or first month I served as a pastor. This young man and his family joined the church, and he and I started what has become a lifelong friendship. That started many years ago. And then uh, in my present role, I, I've met some other people that have come into, onto my team in more recent days. But some of these relationships take a while to develop. What you're learning on the show today is not something that you can put into place by next weekend. It just doesn't happen that quickly. You have to be alert and paying attention and looking out for these relationships and adding them to your life and nurturing them and sustaining them over time so that they really do become the support team, the relational team that you need. So building your team may take a while. Second, it's not necessarily a formal process. At least it may not seem that way to others. You may be doing it very intentionally and very formally as you are looking to fill these slots I'm going to teach you about in just a moment so that you have the different people you need to round out this relational support team in your life as a ministry leader. You may be looking intentionally for these people and adding them to your list and even putting check marks on boxes to indicate that you're getting the people that you need around you. So while it may be a formal process to you, it may not necessarily look that way to others, and it may not even feel that way to others. For example, one of the people that that I think you need in your life is a mentor. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Well, I'm a mentor for someone else right now. At least that's what he tells people. He always introduces me and says, and this is my leadership mentor, or this is one of my mentors, or this is a man who's mentored me. And every time he says that, I just shake my head. I don't really feel like this guy's mentor. I I feel maybe like his colleague or his peer, but not his mentor. But that's how he sees me. And so for him, it's more of a formalized relationship than it even is for me. It doesn't mean that you have to go around and ask people, will you be on my relationship team? Will you be on my support team? Will you be this person or that person or another person for me? It doesn't have to be that formal to the person that you're adding to the team, although you may be thinking of it intentionally on your side, and if so, that's fine. A third thing about building your team is it will require some intentionality. You know, as leaders, we're all busy and preoccupied, and we are all going to stay that way until we need a friend and don't have one, until we need a mentor and don't have one. Until we need any of the people I'm going to mention in just a moment that we need on our support team and don't have one, that's when we realize we've been too busy, too preoccupied, too focused on the now of the doing of the tasks, and not enough focus on the building of the relationships needed to really sustain us as we go forward. Now, the last thing about this building your team is that when you're doing so, it also assumes you will be on someone else's team. In other words, you can't expect people to be for you what you are not also willing to be for others. And so while you may need a mentor, someone else may need you to fulfill that same role for them. 
And so it's important to recognize that it's not just about building your ministry support team and building your relational support team. It's about you building that into your life while at the same time being willing to invest yourself in the same thing for a few other key people. So here's what we've said so far. Lone Ranger leaders, not a good model and not even a biblical model. Much better to have a relationship team, a support team. Much better to have a collection of people around you who strengthen you, who build you up, that you can draw on when you're in need, that help provide the spiritual and emotional equilibrium needed to stay with it in ministry leadership over the long haul. Now, building this team may take a while, may not be a formal process, but it does require some intentionality and It assumes that you're going to be to others what you're asking or expecting them to be to you. Now, I started the show today by talking about a biblical model that was recently presented in a chapel message where you have Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, these three men. And they illustrate the bulk of what I want to say now in terms of the kind of people you need on your team. I think leaders need these four people on their support team or on their relationship team. Number one, you need a mentor. Number two, you need a colleague. Number three, you need a peer. And number four, you need an everyday friend. Now, obviously, the mentor, colleague, and peer come out of those relationships of Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus who saw these men, saw Paul as their mentor. They were colleagues, Paul said, he and Epaphroditus. And then Timothy and Epaphroditus are mentioned in the context of being ministry peers. So part of what I'm saying today is found in the modeling of those men and others that we might find in Scripture. Every one of us in leadership, I think, is strengthened when we have this kind of relationship team around us, this kind of circle uh, around us of people who give us the support that we need. A mentor, a colleague, a peer, and an everyday friend. Now let's talk about these four roles for just a moment. What's a mentor? Well, that's someone you can turn to when you need guidance or wisdom. A mentor is someone who's been down the road a little farther than you, who has more experience than you, who has more insight than you, who's done uh, ministry perhaps in a broader scale than you've yet achieved, and who can give you a little bit of guidance along the way. This is the person you call and say, hey, I've got this situation <laughs> I need some help with. And you lay out what you're facing and you see if they've got some perspective. Now, I've been fortunate that I've had a number of these kind of men in my life over the years. I think about men like Bill and Cecil T.C., Jim, Burtis, men that I was able to call on and say, hey, I'm facing something. wonder if you have any insight into this. Sometimes it's not just calling them and asking them. Sometimes it's observing their lives such that you learn things from them, both by their example and by what they teach and by what they do. You learn from them so that you face something. You say, oh, you know, I've seen this before. I remember when so-and-so had a similar situation and how they handled it. A mentor is someone you can turn to when you need guidance and wisdom. 
And as I said earlier, I've had these mentors in my life, and right now, at least one person tells me I'm his mentor. I think there may be even some others who might say that about me as well. I've now reached a point in life where I've been at this ministry leadership for a long enough time that people are calling me and asking, hey, how did you handle this? Or what do you see about this? Or what's your perspective on this? And quite frankly, I now have a breadth of experience which enables me to answer some of those kinds of questions. So the first person you need on your support team is a mentor. Second is a colleague. Now, a colleague is someone you work with as a partner. Someone you work with as, an, as a partner. Now, this might be an associate if you're in a church large enough to have a staff of ministers. If you're a lay leader or you're in a smaller church, it might be an elder or a deacon or someone like that who serves with you as a partner in the ministry. Here in an institutional or organizational setting where I work, I have vice presidents who fulfill this role for me. They're colleagues, they're partners. There are people that are in the yoke with me that are trying to get the work done alongside me. And so whether you're a pastor working with some associates or whether you're a lay leader working with other lay leaders or with perhaps some pastors or staff people or whether you're an executive like me working in an organization, look around for the people that are your colleagues, your people that are pulling along with you on the rope of trying to get done the ministry assignment that you've been given. And then, what about a peer? Now, this is an important person to add to your team because this is someone who does what you do, but someone outside your organization. Someone who does what you do, but outside your organization. So if you're a youth pastor, it's other youth pastors. Children's pastor, other children's pastors. If you're a president, it's other presidents. You get the idea. That's why professional associations are so helpful. That's why it's important for pastors to get together with other pastors and executive pastors to get together with other executive pastors and vice presidents of various aspects of organizations to get together with vice presidents of various aspects of those organizations. And that's why it's important for presidents like me to have other presidents we're friends with that know our work, share our burden, have a sense of what we do, and that we can share as a peer the burden of this ministry. It's kind of interesting. I can meet a president of another school for the first time, and usually within minutes we're talking like old friends because we have a lot of the same pressures, the same experiences, the same challenges, the same demands, the same critics. We have the same kinds of struggles, and finding another person who's going through a lot of what I'm going through is a tremendously encouraging experience because of a peer-to-peer relationship. Mentor, colleague, peer. Someone you can turn to for guidance, someone who shares the burden with you, and someone who gets what you do, who understands it, but who's outside your organization and can give you a fresh perspective on what you're going through. But then there's one last person that I think is important to have on your team, and that's what I call an everyday friend. An everyday friend. This is someone who doesn't talk with you about work all the time. Now, I am so blessed that I have an everyday friend. I've had a couple of three of these over my lifetime, but I've had one that stuck with me for the years. 
Our families have been on vacation together. Now that our kids are all out out on their own, uh, his wife and he and my wife and I, we go on vacation together occasionally. We talk on the phone from time to time. We send each other emails just to catch up on things, especially funny things we run across. But one of the best things about this everyday friend of mine is that when we go on vacation, we can spend seven days together. And the word seminary will never come out of his mouth. He doesn't ask me about work. We talk about everything else under the sun. We talk about serious things like our relationship with God and what we're learning from that. We talk about interesting things like books we've read or shows we've watched and how those have uh, fascinated us or entertained us and laugh and talk about those things. Uh, we enjoy games sometimes, and we get together and play those with each other. We, we do all kinds of things, but we don't talk about work. Wow. What a blessing that is, huh? To know that you've got someone that you can enjoy life with, someone that you really can care about, who really knows you and cares about you, but has a relationship that is broader than just getting the work done every day that those of us who are in leadership are so burdened by and consumed by on a regular basis. So, four people to put on your support team, your relationship team. Just like there was Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus. We need mentors, colleagues, and peers. People we can turn to for guidance, people who share the work with us, and people who do what we do, but outside our organization that can give us a fresh perspective on who we are and what we're trying to accomplish. And then I add to that list an everyday friend, someone that has a relationship with you that really rises above and towers over all this work stuff we do and helps restore just part of our humanness and a part of our personhood to us when we talk about things other than work. Now, one last question I get asked when I teach on this is what about your spouse? I've had people say, well, I don't really need a team like this because I've got a great wife. She's my best friend. Or I've got a wonderful husband. He's my closest confidant. Hey, I'm so glad for that. I've been married more than 40 years. I've got a fantastic wife. We love each other. We enjoy being together. Uh, we, we have uh, just a rich and meaningful relationship. But I want to give you a word of caution here. Your spouse is a tremendous resource and a primary resource for your spiritual and emotional health. Your spouse is a strength for you in your leadership context, no doubt about it. But I want to give you this caution. Be careful about putting too much emotional pressure on one relationship. While my wife is my dear friend, my close confidant, my spiritual supporter, and a strength to me, I want her to know that she's not fully, solely, totally responsible for my spiritual and emotional equilibrium, that I've got mentors I can turn to, colleagues I share the work with, peers I can debrief with, and an everyday friend that just likes to get together and just enjoy life. And in the context of that circle of people around me, my wife is a vital, important, significant resource, just as I hope your spouse is for you. But be careful about putting too much emotional pressure on that one relationship. Well, today, 
We're talking about the practical challenge of maintaining our spiritual health, our emotional equilibrium, and our ministry passion as we bear the burden of leadership. You can do it more effectively if you surround yourself with a support team, a relationship team, some people who help keep you going. Do it, and I think you'll be healthier as you lead on. As a way of thanking you for listening to Lead On, we'd like to give you one of my new books, Shadow Christians, Making an Impact When No One Knows Your Name. I've signed 10 of these, and we're giving them away to the first 10 people who contact us at gs.edu backslash shadow. Go to that website, make connection with us. We'll send you a free book.